I think beavers will start blocking oil pipelines. Ooh. You like this? I like it. They work they hard. Work very they, hard. Yeah. They're going to create a, they're yeah. going to obviously dam it all up. It's going to stop the pipeline put in the latest debt ceiling deal, which is for Joe Manchin uh, in West Virginia and Appalachia. They're going to fuck that up. I think yeah. actual wasps will start attacking uh, wasps. Other wasps for name yeah, rights. <laughs> Just straight up name yeah. wars. That makes sense. What's going on, everyone? Welcome, 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 welcome once again to a situation room. That's right. You're in the room, the situation room. It's kind of like the auto zone, but I have no idea how to change the oil in my car or fix the undercarriage that scrapes against my driveway. Yeah, that's, uh, it's like, yeah, anyway. I um, uh, hope you guys are doing good. Thank you so much for being here, for pressing play. Uh, we have such a good show. Jack O'Brien of the Daily Zeitgeist is here for the hour in change. So get excited for that. We're going to talk about three years since the BLM uprising in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. In addition to other things like Oath Keepers seeing the inside of a prison cell. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, Minnesota. What's going on there? Uber drivers. Uh basically got screwed by the governor of Minnesota, even though he's been doing some good things, doing some good things. Um, and then we're going to talk about the only story that should matter to anyone who listens to the show, which is White Gladys. That's right. It's like White Lotus, but for the people. Uh, White Gladys is the killer whale that has been tipping over yachts in Gibraltar. So we're going to talk about other animals that could join this general strike and get us somewhere because humans we're not doing it we're not i mean not quickly enough you know what i'm saying so uh if you are here make sure you are liking the like buttons and you are subscribing to the subscribe buttons and you know you're just uh giving this podcast five stars wherever you get your podcasts um it really helps people discover the show it helps people find out that you know this is just it's the best part of your week y'all it's a it's a labor of love um, sorry, I'm trying to load something on Twitch. <laughs> I get technology. Um, and of course, this is not the only show. There is bonus content every Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, that you can watch live. But if you don't have the time, listen back at your leisure. Watch back at your leisure by becoming a patron. Patreon.com slash Bituation Room. Uh, we're going to talk about some ridiculous stories. I just found the QAnon shaman is apparently selling yoga leggings, because of course. So maybe we can talk about those. Uh, maybe I'll get some um, in order to wear them. Because uh, like, I, I don't want to support him, but like I'm kind of curious, you know? Uh, also, if you become a patron, you get access to the American Prospect online and a deep discount. We're talking 60% off. I believe it's only $24 a year for the bi-monthly American Prospect, which I write the last page of, the back page, the back column. And uh, I have a new, there's a new edition out right now. So uh, make sure to get that. I wrote about gun violence and how gun jokes aren't funny anymore. And it's impossible as a stand-up comic to make gun jokes funny, even though we all want to. I'm just tired of trying. 
I'm, t- I'm tired in general. Uh, anyway, so uh, holler at that. And thank you so much for the new patrons who've joined. We have nobody at $10 or more, which gets you the shout out during the fart song. So you have time. You've got an hour to become a patron, 10 bucks or more. But you can also become a member here on YouTube or on Twitch. Or tip the show, tbr-live on Venmo, tbr-live on Cash App. Man, I am tired of my own spiel. And with that, let's get into it, good people. Get your bitch caps on. This is What Are You Bitching About? So much has happened, all right? We didn't do a bonus last week. A lot. I was uh, very overwhelmed. I could bitch about how my entire body hurts right now. Entire body hurts. Like, like it's just completely in pain. Uh, I could bitch about how the baby won't nap right now and is probably like sleeping on her arm weird and then gets mad if you move it and then we'll scream and cry. Um, I could bitch about Joe Biden and how the fact that we are going to settle and negotiate with terrorists, i.e. the Republican Party, When it comes to the debt ceiling, um, which will throw people off of their food benefits, um, which will throw a bunch of the programs that he himself set out to create, i.e. like expanding the IRS's ability to go after um, rich people who avoid their taxes. All that stuff's gone. All All because Joe Biden doesn't want to mint the coin, which he could put one of his dogs on. Some, you know, sergeant on the coin, on the trillion dollar coin, sergeant, hell yeah. And he doesn't want to, you know, what else? He doesn't want to invoke the 14th Amendment. So once again, I could bitch about that, which I kind of just did. But I want to talk about the end of succession. There we go. Let's do it. If you haven't seen the end of succession, please turn this off and come back in five minutes. Uh and uh, I don't, I truly don't want to spoil this for you because I truly believe you should watch it and you should enjoy it and no one should take that from you. And I understand I'm saying that to people who are terminally online or perpetually listening to podcasts and you probably have not avoided having the end spoiled for you, but I care. Unlike the other people, I care. But I will say, Having given that caveat, my I'm bitching about something very specific about Succession, which is that people don't like Shiv Roy. Ew, she's the girl and she's mean. Yeah, she's a stone cold cunt, all right? And she deserves to be, okay? This is, no, look, I'm not going to yes queen her just because she's the only, one of the only women. But I will say this, she is entitled to be just as terrible as everyone else. And she's pretty terrible. She's arguably the most terrible in a lot of ways because she's interpersonally terrible. Um, but I'm bitching about the fact that some people are like, but she's in a loveless marriage. I'm sorry. Do you think any of these children growing up under Logan Roy, do you think any of the Murdochs have known love? Like the closest they've had to love was like, you know, their nanny hugging them like a second longer than she was ordered to, Right. Like, that's their close. So, like, loveless marriage. Have you watched Succession? No, no one's asking for a marriage and love. You're asking for civility, some amount of respect. And the move that Shiv makes at the end of Succession, in the service of giving Tom a vote of confidence, is the closest to love we're ever going to get. And Shiv Roy 
is so brilliant, you guys. You got to understand, as a woman who, like me, who is like, look, I like when characters, strong female leads are not like lame and two-dimensional where they're like, tell him he can take that to the bank or like, you know, you better... You know, like there's always like always some like, you know, I wear tweed skirts and with high slits and yes, I've slept with all of your husbands and ah I am like, you know, like there's just it's so corny, you know, like the 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 corporate lady is so corny to me and they're so two-dimensional and they're so non-human and Shiv is competent and interesting and conflicted and traumatized just in the ways that her brothers are but she's a woman so she has to also fight against her father's sexism the corporate world sexism and then her soon-to-be boss's sexism even though he she did everything to get this dude Matson to win it's just so anyway i guess it's in defense of shivroy even though she totally would be like a hillary clinton pantsuit nation like see you next tuesday i've already said cunts it doesn't matter i don't know why i'm so all i have to say is tom on top i love matthew mcfadian mcfadian fadian i don't give a sh- i love him he doesn't care that i love him if you're listening matthew i love you um <laughs> i'm tired that's my succession bitch you guys uh and i'm sorry if i spoiled it for you but uh watch it anyway and with that let me bring in to the room to bitch and to bituate um the host of the daily zeitgeist it's only one right there's not like another guy no yeah the co-host of the daily zeitgeist mr jack o'brien thank you so much for having me it's a tuesday and that means we bitch we bituate on all the things but so what are you bitching about today I mean, I have very big Dennis Leary energy. I'm just like, kind of like that. Uh, you know what's ticking yeah. me off? Uh, that's kind of my sh- persona on my show for people who don't know me. Um, no, that's not true. Uh, I do just wish Shiv was more like me. Um, you know, I did sleep with all your husbands. I do wear a tweed skirt. So that's what I, w- I was going to bitch about that uh, quite a bit. But um, I figured I'd talk about something that you probably don't talk about a lot on this show, which is uh, NBA coverage. Oh God, coverage no, we don't. The National Basketball. So the NBA is the National Basketball oh, Association. Oh, is that what it stands for? They are in the playoffs. Um, and I thought it was no boys I, allowed. That's why they're just men. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> okay, they're in the, there's um, a playoff. People, Did the Celtics do good? Did they? The Celtics just, okay, they just lost, lost to the Miami right. Heat. So the Miami Heat are the thing I want to talk about, and it's not going to be a basketball thing. It's going to be like about other stuff than basketball. But I think it's the way the NBA is being covered is kind of symptomatic of like this thing that I'm seeing. I so I think people are just like generally unhappy right now, like coming out of the pandemic. Um, not just and, in the NBA, not just fans, not just in the NBA, but like I think it's coming out in like play like the ways we cover media that has nothing to do with like the reasons that people are unhappy. So like the, the examples of like people being unhappy, like when, so they're the eight seed, which is the lowest seed you could possibly be in the NBA, just made it to the NBA finals. Mm. Um, Crazy underdog story. Exactly. The sort of thing. RFK jr. Just won the democratic nomination. 
Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Uh, the Miami, the Miami heat have used that analogy <laughs> to motivate them. They're like, we are the RFK junior of this, uh, basketball shit. Um, but it's, it's this incredible underdog story. And like we, Miles and I also do a NBA podcast, Miles and Jack got mad boosties. And like, as I've been like watching the coverage, it's just weird. Like I wanted to, after they beat the one seed in the first round, I like wanted to tune in and like, listen to people talk about how awesome this team yeah. is playing, how like they have this super charismatic, like player who is just like really cool, really fun. Jimmy mm -hmm. Butler, like everybody loves them. And like you tune in and all anyone's talking about is like how the, like one seed that they beat is uh like choked or like collapsed and like everybody just wants to like focus on how bad the teams are and like the pain of the teams and like i've also noticed there's like a new trend where like they blame players for like getting hurt which didn't used to be a thing they like get mad at players when they get hurt and they're like well his career is nothing and it's just i knew you I were weak we're yeah i think we're just generally unhappy and it's coming it's coming out in weird ways that like we're i think i think we can let it out in when we're talking about the nba because like that explicitly like has nothing to do with the thing that is making us unhappy well like, i've i've been told by my my husband that the nba is like kind of great in a lot of ways in terms of players are all pretty chill i mean not everyone owners and coaches are pretty chill and like it's just sort of like a positive vibe definitely um yeah. social justice minded and oriented and and like fans are cool and there's obviously not a lot of concussing uh which is great um right. but it sounds like maybe the that's fading away and that the nba and basketball generally is actually becoming a little more nasty and like every other sport is that kind of what's happening or no it just seems like compared to how it was covered and talked about in the fairly recent past it's gotten more just negative and mean yeah. and I, I just think I, I've seen it like in other places in the media, like our regular show, the daily zeitgeist is more of a like news show. And so you see it in like people just opening fire on people who like come to their doorbell right, and like right. ring, ring right, the right, wrong right. doorbell. Um, but I, I think it just also like comes out there. We're coming to the end of anyone really buying into this like central narrative of you know the meaning that uh big picture like big corporate capitalism allows for us and um you yeah, were bumping up on the uh, edges like i don't play video games but if this were like all a simulation which it definitely is we're sure. like we're, <laughs> we're like bumping up on the edges because i was the player who was like i'm gonna find the edge of this game because i i don't know why i'm like right. so you're just like bruh, bruh, bruh. and so like on all <laughs> the things that have been thrown our way to like deal with yeah the ins and outs of daily terror terrors of capitalism and everything else yeah uh, sports being one yeah. of them it's like oh man now sports kind of is mean too yeah and i mean sports has always been mean it just feels like even like espn and like the main the like center central like mainstream like way that sports is covered is even like drifting to this direction where it's just like all about like these guys are losers and like it was a collapse and a choke job and 
um, not just being excited about the thing that we're Don't people kind of love underdogs? There to watch. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I'm saying. Like, and I'm not a huge Miami Heat fan. Right. I just f- think like when I go to like listen to a podcast from this guy Zach Lowe, who's like really uh, smart about basketball, but like he spent the whole day after this amazing upset just like complaining about like how bad the other team was and like kind of assuming that like they had screwed things up instead of like even mentioning once like how amazing this guy had that's played so and, lame yeah no um, that's so sad yeah that's, but that's that's yeah. always it's much easier and it's much more content and they know they're not they're not exempt from the content game they know that if they go negative on something they clip that up you think no one's gonna be like oh my god yay butler is such a great player yeah. he's a good guy no one's gonna click on that they're yeah. gonna click on all the shade and all the shit talking Right. Part of me, like, I think that's the standard explanation is just that like social media makes it better to just like see the shade and like, or it makes the shade like rise to the top. And I, but I, part of me also wonders if like, we're just sublimating all of this dread and angst and like all the ways that we've been like cut off from community and we're just like, all right, well, we're unhappy. So we're going to take it out elsewhere because we don't really have like the, internal vocabulary for describing like what's wrong yes so so we're just going to be mad at one another and then i i feel like we're also not in a great place to like have the vocabulary to describe this as it should be coming to an end we'll see if it actually does we all need therapy uh everyone needs that i think and and uh i i i'm curious about i was thinking the other day i was like is there a country around the world that like is stronger because of the pandemic you know like you know is it australia is it new zealand is it one of the places that like took things seriously but not wasn't too authoritarian about it like which place was like you know what we've got a really good sense of camaraderie now like i immediately want to say spain but i just don't know i only assume (laughs) you know everything feels like it's better over there um you getting some love in the comments uh schmegley says sprots so uh (laughs) <laughs> nice yeah. so i knew i this is a sports podcast right? yeah, 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 yeah 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 for sure for sure for sure yeah like we covered on the daily zeitgeist how like there's a right to repair movement in france mm-hmm. and they're like just suing the bejesus out of apple because apple yes. like creates uh this you know forced obsolescence of their products and makes it so you can't like replace a part with that same part unless it's done by apple and it ends up being like a lot of times cheaper to just replace with yep. the iPhone. And like, that is a, that's like a right that I had fully just abandoned and like given up on 15 right, years right, ago. Right, right, right. You know? so like the, the fact that, it, so that, I guess that's what I mean by like the vocabulary. Like we don't even know what we should be asking for because God. things are just, I feel like that. So Apple's like forced obsolescence becomes a story about like how great their, bottom line is you know in in the united states i have a random question you don't have to answer it but i I am curious this is this is just me thinking out loud about the first thing i was bitching about that was off mic most of it yeah yeah do republicans watch succession great question like i was thinking these like this is a you know i mean obviously hbo it's uh but it's like it's not prestige tv in the way maybe the sopranos was People have it. People watch other stuff. 
do Republicans watch and are like, oh, yeah, this is kind of like the Murdochs and the people who run the world? Or do they watch it and they think, oh, yeah, this is just like the Clintons? Anyway. Right. Or do they just watch it rooting for the Roy's and for like the Fox News stand in to just succeed and yeah. dominate? They were like, I hope nobody actually challenges the election results in Milwaukee yes. because uh, that guy deserved to win. He, that, he was just playing hardball. Yeah, um, Mankin, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, anyway, interesting. I'm curious about people's thoughts. But we got to get into this week. A few things happened. Uh, only three things happened, though, in, in uh, according to this show. Because this is yeah, the week where. So this was the week where we got some real accountability for the January 6th attempted coup. Um, my immediate reaction when I saw what was unfolding was like, no one will be held accountable. <laughs> and granted, right. Donald Trump still has yet to be held accountable. Alex Jones, right. Roger Stone, et cetera, et cetera. But a man named Stuart Rhodes, but I will remind you his first name is Elmer Stuart Rhodes, um, who answers the question, what if a pirate was also a virgin? Um, with sentence <laughs> to 18 years in prison for sedition on January 6th. Um, apparently... Uh, he had $17,000 worth of firearms. He called for bloody revolution. He led 30 or so Oath Keepers on January 6th. Um, one of the things they did do was try to provide security for Roger Stone. Um, Rhodes is, he's the head of it. He formed it in 2009. The Oath Keepers are basically like former servicemen and women who are trying to uphold the Constitution and the and the oath they took to the Constitution by creating an anti-government militia designed to know that the government with right. its said constitution. But anyway, I mean, I guess you could say this is like the well-regulated militia that the constitution always talks right. about. Like maybe he's doing that. That I'm sure that's what he has in mind. <laughs> like in like all the dusty like literature that gets passed around by these people. Oh, God. But it's Oh, yeah, they're still on like the Revolutionary War of it all and trying to start the Civil War again. Seem to like explicitly be his aim both before and after <laughs> January 6th. Like he was the he wasn't great at remorse, the whole remorse thing. Right. Like. And and the judge openly said, you're still a threat to this country. That's why 18 years, man. Eight. That's a, that is not nothing. Um, and so we'll see. He. I think my favorite part about Stuart Rhodes is he's a Yale law school graduate, <laughs> which yeah. just goes to my theory. Yes, he did serve in the, you know, he served in the army, but, it, but right. like the idea that like Jan six was like, you know, the working class. The yeah. No, man. Yeah. These guys were boat dads, yeah. boat dads yeah. who were like, you know, parking their Teslas. I mean, who knows? They probably were, but like they, they set up. So the one, the town that I'm from, the one person who, like, commu the community knows that this woman went to D went to the Capitol building on January sixth, like, owns a candy shop, like, is like a like a business owner, you know, like in our little <laughs> she's sleepy just town, like a sweet, sweet old lady. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's more of a Karen type, you know, like, but like closed yeah, yeah. it up, closed for a few days. I'm gonna go coo, I'm cooing, <laughs> off to coo, off to coo. yeah, be back soon. <laughs> yeah, the clock set, you know. 
How'd she do? You know, I think <laughs> is she is she on she's trial? She's not. She's not. I'm sure she had definitely had some local protests, I believe. Uh, but I should follow up with what she's what's going on. But anyway, so even though you know Stuart wasn't Rhodes wasn't the only person who was sentenced, uh, a number of other Oath Keepers were, but both Donald Trump and Governor Ron DeSantis have suggested they might pardon many of those convicted in Jan 6, as Mr. Rhodes himself said at the sentencing hearing, just solid job, bro. Like you want to get, you want a judge to go light on you? You're just going to say, I'll be pardoned. Um, the Capitol riot defendants are increasingly viewed by many people on the right, not as violent criminals, but as patriots and political prisoners indeed. Um, yeah. The judge's like reading of his uh, judgment was the closest I've heard in a real court of law to that speech from Billy Madison, topical ref, uh, <laughs> but where he's like, you know, you are awarded no points and may God have mercy on your soul. It was just, he was just like so clear cut. He was like, you're not a political prisoner, sir. You are a threat. You're a bad person. Uh, people don't like you. You probably don't smell great. And that eye patch my guess. is definitely a prop. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of working for it. Like in terms of branding as like evil villain, I feel like it's kind of working for him. It seems like that's probably what it he is. Had but in when mind. you have to wear eyeglasses above the eye patch, yeah, I don't know. Got to go monocle. Yeah, exactly. You got to go with monocle. Has anyone done patch one side, monocle I'm other? Definitely. I feel like that's what we need. <laughs> it's what we need. But yeah, he's got to keep the Yale in there somewhere. So he needs those sort of like half wire frame glasses. Um, yes, the the judge yeah. was pretty harsh. Um, the uh, There were other two Oath Keepers, however. This is an interesting twist. Uh, Jessica Watkins and Kenneth Harrelson were also given prison sentences Um eight and a half years and four years, respectively, though on charges of obstructing the certification of the election rather than sedition. Um, four members of the Proud Boys uh, were convicted of a sedition, including Enrique Tarrio, and they're scheduled to be sentenced in August with a fifth member of the group. And uh, Tarrio has, I mean, to say nothing of the information he was handed to the FBI, he also was like working with a DC police officer. A lot of new shit come to light about that. But let's talk about this woman, Jessica Watkins, because in fact, Jessica Watkins is trans. That's right. And mo much of Watkins' emotional testimony focused on her struggles as a trans woman in the military, a journey, she said, made her fearful and paranoid and drove her deep into the world of conspiracy theories, according to CNN. And the judge said, you have a lot, you have overcome a lot and you are to be held out as someone who can actually be a role model for other people in that journey. And I say that it is a time when people who are trans in our country are so often vilified and used for political purposes. However, he is still getting eight years. So yeah, there was, you could have done so much more. Yeah. So eight yeah. and a half years. Um, she was a U.S. Army veteran and she founded a local militia in Ohio and mobilized, uh, which she mobilized to join her in attacking the Capitol on January 6th, which I think is, that's kind of everything that we're dealing with right now coming full circle, like yet like traumatized vet, who was then like yeah. also trans dealing with their own identity. And the judge is like, you could have been a role model, but instead you got, you got maggot. Yeah. Just overlapping horror show of a country. Yes. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. Producing not great results. Uh, surprise, surprise. Yeah. But you don't see anyone um, like obviously heralding Jessica. Like no one is like, you know, Watkins. I mean, think about like, right. 
If Ashley Babbitt were transgender, would the right still defend her? Like, is that, you know what I mean? Like in what, under what circumstances? Cause you know, Chelsea Manning was not given this treatment. Um, right. Not by the right, not by pretty much any, not by, not by centrists, not by Democrats really. Although I did cry when Obama pardoned Chelsea Manning. I was like on a plane going to the, the inauguration of Trump, which, ugh. <laughs> and we got word on the plane and I was you needed like, something. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. We called that him was... final lap Obama at the time. Flo Obama, final lap Obama. <laughs> it was so it was best Obama, man. Um, yeah. he didn't give he a did fuck. Not give a fuck. Yeah. But there we go. So, so now Jack, do you think that the right is going to get woke around like the prison industrial complex and how terrible we treat people? They are sort of like showing some signs. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's, they, maybe this is a backdoor. Yeah, them, they're gonna you know trying to fight the carceral yeah. state. Um, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, I mean it's interesting because anytime you think okay, the right might like come around on this one. Like for instance, I think they're complaining uh, recently that Chick-fil-A has gone too woke uh, because, so they're just- Are they serving they, on Sunday? They have no loyalty to anyone. I yeah. feel like if this person, you know, if uh, Elmer Stewart Rhodes is like, guys, it's really bad in here. They'll be like, all right, shut the fuck up. We're gonna move on to a, a different, uh, person wearing an eye patch to lead our revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. We're talking about you know what is it today? We're talking about Target. Like we're on we're on yeah. getting mad at Target rainbow flags today. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what we right. moved on from. No, I mean that's that's. Yeah. But effectively, the things they have said is like, um, hello, we're not black, okay? Like that's like every right. time you see them talk about the prison, the, the carceral system, and like how bad conditions are, they're like, um, I'm blonde. Yeah. So, uh, that's, I mean, QAnon <laughs> right. shaman again, I mentioned selling leggings. Uh, okay. Yeah. Selling leggings. And it, he, he didn't like the food offering. Oh, there was nothing prison, vegan. Right? It okay. wasn't vegan, organic, yeah. or like, you know, it wasn't farm to table. I think there needs to be a special farm right. to table prison system. If only they knew. Absolutely. Locally sourced. Yeah. If only they knew that's kind of like low key what abolitionists kind of want is like. Yeah. Like yeah. A humane it's, system. Yeah. But he didn't make prison abolition his main thing after he had that experience. Unlike, like if he, guess who fucking did? <laughs> Unlike Martha Stewart, you got you remember that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Martha Stewart—it's a real one. And um, that's not just because yeah, of her like illustrated cover. That's right. Uh, I feel like rooting for the right to like come around on good, just ideas is is like the people who are like rooting for the succession children <laughs> to like win and inherit. It's like that's not the point of the right. show it's like now nah, i think i think they figured it out this time i think i think we're good well, kendall's really just, got like, it hang she's just gonna have a nice hang for the next couple days yeah, yeah 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 no agreed agreed i think it's uh it's it's again also people grasping at straws where it, and it, i get it you have to try to make sense of the right in some way possible you're like you have to i don't mean that we dehumanize them because i think progressives overly humanize some of the right but i think this like need to be like oh we can work together on this one thing you know it's like 
I mean, Van, Van Jones sure. already did that with D Jared Kushner, but <laughs> I am not going to yeah. talk about that today. Um, okay, let's move on to our second story here because this was the week where uh, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz vetoed a bill that would grant Uber drivers just a modicum of worker protections in that state after Uber itself right. threatened a boycott. They were like, um, we're only going to let like Uber Black and Uber X or SUVs sure. operate in your state. Unclear how the boycott, uh, how the threat came down, but the Minnesota House and Senate had passed this law that would set minimum pay rates for Uber and Lyft drivers. Um, so we can look at those. Uh, it was a $1.45 a mile and 34 cents per minute, which is clearly an insane amount of money. But no. Way, Way too, too much. much. Way too much. Yeah. But a little bit on board with like cab drivers, right? Which is per mile. It's, you know, it increases the the longer you're going. So it makes some sense. This is not this is not the same bill in California. It was not stipulating the drivers had to be full full-time or part-time employees. It didn't say anything about right. health care. It was just like, hey, they should make minimum this amount. Um, yeah. but no, it was uh it was over. It was vetoed. Uh, Uber said it would pull out of Minnesota at the beginning of August if the bill passed, leaving its only premium service in the state's largest me um, metropolitan region. Um, but the initial push, um, Uber and Lyft had urged Walsh, sorry, to veto the bill uh, while rideshare drivers had lined the hallway outside the governor's capital office in recent days, chanting encouragement for him to sign it. The bill was sponsored by hmm. Senator Omar Fateh uh, of Minneapolis, who came up late in the session. Um, when it passed on the Senate Sunday, drivers outside the Senate chamber held Fateh aloft as they celebrated. What does aloft Jeez. look or sound like? Take a look. I don't know what they're chanting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Omar Fateh. It's not, I think maybe like we won or. Yeah. But this passed. That's. Yeah, it passed. It was a big win. And then it was deemed unrealistic, too big a win. They were like, eh, this feels I that, that's one of the things that drives me crazy. Like in the his logic of, you know, vetoing this, he was saying that like this is but this is not the bill for it. It's like unrealistic right. and we'll we'll put like throw it we're, to we're gonna we'll throw it to like it. a bunch of yeah, we're gonna throw it to like a bunch of Zoom meetings <laughs> where nothing happens, and just like put it in put it in the parking uh, lot, perpetual like purgatory. But like that that does seem that seems to be the main and like a pretty effective counter to anything progressive that like in the mainstream media you will always see them portray it as like childish or like not serious or not mature. It's always mm -hmm. just like yeah, this is. These are not serious people because uh, think about how it would affect the bottom yeah. line. And that's the only thing. Or there's thing. some unintended yeah. consequences and we just haven't studied it enough. And who knows? Right. And it really, the, the answer is just like, I just feel like if workers made this, they would feel that their work like had value. <laughs> and then, uh, wow. Right. You know? Yeah. That's a that would that be a problem. Would, yeah. There's unintended consequences. I mean, this is the whole thing they are the yeah. grasping. Like every time there's a Medicare for all discussion, and like everyone was like, "Hmm, well, you see, if here's the thing: if people don't have to pay for their life saving surgeries." <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah no they're very careful when it comes to anything that like will affect their next quarterly earnings report like even uh you know percentage point but they are very willing to experiment when it comes to like disrupting the entire like how we get around and like putting taxi companies yes. out of business like nationwide you know they're willing to explore the studio space on i mean it's one, crazy because this is the thing much. that like you know it didn't pass here in California in terms of making these drivers like actual employees, um, massive right. amounts of money poured into that effort. And so it didn't even get to Newsom's desk. It, he didn't worry. I mean, our Democrats in the state legislature here honestly suck as well. So I'm not sure if it would be our Democrats. Oh, our Democrats, you know, <laughs> oh, um, our boys and girls, our boys in Washington. Mm -hmm. No, our Democrats here yeah. in Sacramento. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm starting local. Also Washington, but, yeah. but I mean, well, one of them doesn't know she's actually in Washington, but that's neither here nor there sure. or anywhere, according to her, you know, and this is interesting because <laughs> like Wall's been doing great shit. You know, he's a guy who signed the free lunch programs and got like a big old bear hug from like all those children, just like the most heartwarming thing. Um, he legalized recreational weed today, um, wow. voted to protect abortion rights, or I think there was an executive order declared minnesota to be a refuge state for abortion seekers there's a lot of good stuff coming out of this governor and the state legislature but they just couldn't get over uber or lyft so yeah yeah i mean it, it's everything that is you know has the capital behind it is just automatically assumed to be the you know sensible decision yeah exactly until they study the logic they will use to justify it. yeah till they I, I i have a feeling i know what the results of the study <laughs> yeah. are going to be uh, which has no results they just studied it too damn hard and were unable to come to a decision or ever bring mm -hmm. this up ever mm -hmm. again well well i couldn't yeah. someone just couldn't take themselves off mute from the zoom and so we just did the whole thing on mute and it was ah, i don't want to get into <laughs> it um but this was yeah, also yeah. the week where we marked three years um, since the massive Black Lives Matter uprising uh, on the back of the police murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, um, which ignited this movement. And I feel like every Memorial Day, you know, yes, you see the like drunk college students in like some floaty place. There's always like a, it's like Florida. They're all just like drinking White Claws in, in on a floaty. Like that's like Memorial Day. But right. then- since 2020, I think of George Floyd. I think of where we all were. I think of being under lockdown. I think of, you know, here in LA, what that looked like, obviously around the country, what that looked like. And it's nice that like groups like Movement for Black Lives got in touch, you know, not got in touch, got sends out, you know, reminders of who George Floyd was. Not only the man that yeah. sparked this movement, but, and I'm quoting from them, a kind man who would walk female co-workers to their cars to ensure their safety. He loved Latin music, but would dance terribly to make others laugh. Now, I love that part specifically because, like, I do that on purpose as well. Like, yeah. I just lean into being a mediocre dancer, and I'm like, I'm just going to go with this. Um, yeah. His death, I mean, his murder, also, like, for the first time, we saw po police officers have been sentenced to jail. Chauvin was sentenced to 22 and a half years, then 21 more years for violating Floyd's civil rights, which is fascinating in this country that it's like, that's almost the same amount of time for murdering him. 
but violating right. your civil rights, uh, like doubled the sentence. Then all the other officers involved, Kung was uh, sentenced to three years, Tao three and a half for violating Floyd's rights. Officer Lane was sentenced to two years in prison. So there has been some accountability, but it's mostly contained, right? It's like, how can right. we just make sure there's just an, we make an example about this and then we learn fucking nothing from it. So um, police murders obviously have continued. Um, disproportionately, black people are targeted. Um, but there's also not a lot been done on the executive level. So I will get into that in a second. But I just want to show you like where things stand now, public opinion wise. 80% of Americans want police officers officers to face legal action for abuse of power, unnecessary unnecessary harm. Seventy eight percent support community based alternatives to policing. That's huge. That's a twenty twenty two Gallup poll. Right. Such as violence and, intervention programs. Huge. Yeah, and I feel like that is not the core, like the just core, like mainstream media takeaway from the protests of 2020 was that like the phrase defund the police was a thorn in the side of like serious politicians. Right. And it was a disaster. Nobody will ever do that. Nobody will ever want that. Um, police have like remained kind of petulant since then. And then <laughs> they did this thing where they blamed a rise in crime during the shutdown on that movement somehow and it wasn't like there's no statistics to back that yeah. up and in fact the statistics suggest that the one of the big causes of the rise in crime was that all those programs that aren't police but are like you know social programs to keep kids occupied and you know uh you know safe and you know violence mitigation programs and things like that all went away or were shut down during the yep. pandemic and like so that's the thing that actually has an impact and had an impact. But again, it just feels like that that was not the story that got through no. to us. No, absolutely yeah. not. I mean, and and I think but but it is heartening that like at least there's this stat of people want to move money away from into we don't know, let's not trigger anyone by saying away, right? Because right. in the same Gallup yeah. poll only 35% of Americans want to reduce the budget of police departments to fund social programs instead. Right. Now, I would argue 35%, not bad. That's not as bad yeah. as, like, I would even say Democrats or mainstream news outlets or anyone paints it as being. 78% saying sure. we need alternatives and 35% saying we should defund, we get the money from the police. Right. We're sort of saying the same thing. But you're right. Like, the takeaway and the takeaway now that we're being like handcuffed, like in terms of the budget, in terms of like all the debt ceiling bullshit is only going to mean more like insecurity for folks, only going to maybe lead to more petty crime. The crime of yeah. allegedly trying to use a twenty fake $20 bill, remember, um, as sure. uh, George Floyd allegedly did. Um, yeah, the shoplifting uh explosion was like a, ma a major media panic that turned out to not really be supported. exactly exactly yeah. hey you know what's going to lead to shoplifting um when you brutalize protesters and you make them yeah. get angry in front of a walgreens yeah. you know what i'm saying uh, my there might be a little bit of looting obviously over here it was like you know let's get the louis vuitton which honest i really don't care i'm not mad at but this year <laughs> 
In fact, this just broke that cities are going to pay $80 million to those who were injured in the 2020 uh, racial justice protests. At least 19 cities will pay settlements to protesters who sustained injuries as a result of law enforcement action. Um, Justin Hansford, a professor at Howard University School of Law and executive director of the Thurgood Marshall Civil Rights Center, called the total number of settlements unprecedented. I've never seen a wave of settlements for police brutality like this in American history. So on the one hand, you have Greg Abbott defending the dude who shot a Black Lives Matter uh, demonstrator in Texas. But on the other hand, quietly, there are massive payouts being made because folks were brutalized in the wake of George Floyd's murder. Yeah. And I mean, part like that, that absolutely should be happening. I just that like when you look into the history of the LAPD, that does seem to be their entire strategy is like, just be brutal and, you know, unjust in ways that where you're not even trying to hide that you're mm-hmm. doing that and then just pay massive payouts with taxpayer money. Absolutely. So it's, it's like we're paying Like for that doesn't it. even come out of the um, police budget. Like at least, right. at least That's you'd be thing. like, look, you can do the, you know, the pew pews and the bang bangs, but then you're going to have, right. you're going to lose a police cruiser and you're going to have to ride with Jack. Right. And we all know that yeah. he like hot boxes the car after lunch. Always. Yeah. That's when you fart. That's when you fart lunch, right? But yeah, also, yeah. or you just smoke a lot of weed, whichever. Or both. Oh, I've never heard yeah, of I've that. Yeah, I've never heard of that but, either. Um... <laughs> I love how, like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had hot box. I don't. There's no need to hotbox anything. Like I was like, no, you could just yeah. inhale the smoke into your lungs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm high no, enough. I need, need secondhand smoke mixed with like, air freshener, droplets <laughs> of the other people that I'm in the car with. Um, uh, yeah, it is good for dramatic. That's effects. true. It's like, fun it's, to say. It's cool. You feel like you're getting high when you're in a car that is like full of smoke. You're like, man, this is the most pot smokingest I've ever been in my life. Um, yeah. Okay. So lastly, just, I think the thing that always astounds me and it's the thing we covered for news broke. It's the thing we've talked about a lot on all the different shows I'm on is that, you know, the BLM movement helped Biden win for as much for as little as he's done. It helped Biden win because it, it put into stark, um, sort of view what four more years of Trump would be. I mean, remember how dark like August was 2020. You've got Trump basically playing the Nixon card. You know, they've run amok with our cities, you know, and then obviously COVID deaths and the election. It's just like things got so dark and like people would have been completely demobilized had it not been for this massive uprising. And it absolutely channeled into Biden winning and it absolutely was driven by young people. And there's nothing that's been delivered. The only thing that has been done is Biden last year in 2022 signed this executive order for federal law enforcement agencies that bans the use of chokeholds, restricts no-knock warrants and requires anti-bias trainings and body-worn cameras. Cause we've never seen anything awful go down on a body-worn camera it only goes so far because it does not apply to state and local police. So in this case, hmm. wouldn't have really done anything for George Floyd um, or Breonna Taylor, I believe, for that matter. But so 
this is by I don't know, Jack, how much you've been following some of Biden's like the executive actions he's he's taken, whether it's around this, whether it's around, you know, the win the win around domestic work and home care. It's all like strong suggestions to federal agencies to find money to try and allocate to the <laughs> right. beginning of the programmatic implementation of well, you have to be careful, Francesca. <laughs> you just got to be very careful when you're making these sorts of changes only. Yeah. It's yeah. just very, right. first of all, it's only federal and it's only like strong suggestions. Like, we sure. hope you look into affordable childcare. Yeah. Could you do that? And then, uh, is there money in this program? No, I just, we made shirts. Yeah. Presumably a lot of uh, promises to have meetings later on about that. Subject. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There, there will be a lot of, you know, Zooms again, back to that we should study <laughs> right. the issue. But one thing, lastly, lastly on this, California is moving ahead because we didn't talk about this on the show, but maybe y'all did on the zeitgeist. The California Reparations Task Force voted in a series of proposals for reparations for black Americans. Um one of the areas includes mass incarceration, over-policing. There's also housing discrimination. Um, they recommended providing $115,000 per person in 2020 um, or $2,352 for each year of residency in the state since 1971, which was the first year, the War on Drugs, a program that specifically targeted Black Americans, uh, the first year that that was implemented. Okay. Yeah, Damn. I mean, not to make it all about this state, but like it's I did not expect this. I absolutely would not have expected a task force to find this. Yeah, not to mention not to make it all about the state. But what are you other states doing? Are you not <laughs> trying hard enough? We're killing it out. Yes, here. Elon um, lives here. But look, we have a recommendation that probably won't be implemented. Yeah, that's the thing is like I mean, as we saw earlier with the celebration over the Uber law passing and then like mere days later it getting vetoed, it's like I I also feel like there is a strategy of just, you know, tying good ideas up in like, sure, yeah, that's a big win for us. And then like it gets bogged down in all sorts of red tape and bureaucracy yeah. and uh, it's messy. You'll have to. I mean, I think I've said this before, but like it only applies if you have three children under the age of five and like drive a Nissan Altima and like right. that is also champagne colored, you know, like it's yes, very that's specific. otherwise yeah. and missing the undercarriage because you it's too low to the ground like my car, you know, there's just <laughs> I'm bringing it all right. back. There's going to be caveats. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, it's when our vote is asked for yet again. Um. I think young people, look, I don't, I, you know, I will echo once again, my mentor, Max Albon, who has been on this show, who says all it, all it takes is for the right to win one more time. All they have to do is win again, one more, whether it's Trump, whether it's DeSantis, not this year, but hell in eight and four in four. Um, so I'm not going to say don't hold your nose and vote, but I am very curious as to what pitch Biden is going to be making to the folks who've been arguing for racial justice, justice in policing, police reform on a real level since this uprising. What What is the theory on the right wins one more time and then 
And then he's and then saying, he, and, then, and then we're yeah, all screwed. I mean, effectively, or, and then and people... then it's fascism for realsies, you know. And then we're yeah, doing yeah. it for okay, realsies. Got it, got it. It's not yeah. dress rehearsal. It's like, yeah, uh, it's not. We're not just running through the show. We're on, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is hard to believe, yes. but it's true. I mean, I was just commenting on uh, the damage report. I'm just going to shout out every show that's not mine today that you know trump's language around like the communists and the marxists it's like all very throwbacky and also all very yeah. fashy like you can't be a fascist unless you say communists and marxists are taking over right yeah, they won't let course. you in the club you know yeah it, it does feel like you know something we've talked about on uh, zeitgeist a lot is just that it it feels like the only one side, like people are becoming disillusioned with the order of things and this sort of, you know, corporatocracy and, uh, you know, politicians not having the ability to like do anything to the point that like Biden is like, I don't know, guys, you got to vote harder. And it's like, man, you're, you're the president here. Um, it, it feels like the only party that's responding in any way with something that's out of the ordinary is responding with fascism yeah. and feels like a very dangerous place to be but it does feel um like where we're yeah. at uh, yeah 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 i mean so. it's funny because up until 2020 i think i would have said you really have to give something you have to give people something to vote for outsiders right. win obama trump obviously complete opposites but they were outsiders Obama motivated people, Trump motivated people. You got to motivate people. Give them something to vote for. Then 2020 happened, and it was the darkest days of our lives. And it was like, yeah, no, right. you could just vote for, like, you know, the meat the meat stick, like make a warm body to make this other stuff go away. Um, yeah. But anyway, so yeah. I don't know if we're still there. But a couple comments before we move on to our final segment, because just the chat is on fire, y'all. Uh, over on Twitch, ReeseFire268 reminding us that um, Elmer Stuart Rhodes's patch is real. He was cleaning a gun and shot himself in the face. Oh, that's right. <laughs> How do I keep forgetting that? That's so good. That's so funny. Um, Seth Evans on YouTube, Uber, but whole business model is undermining labor rights of cab drivers. Yeah, it's like, what if, I love how that's innovation. Like, what if we just put right. all these people out of work? Um, Disruptive. Yeah, and then Gina Viola and Daniel Lee over here are uh, leaders in Southern California. Gina saying Newsom and the California Dems are sellouts. They are, they are. Um, Daniel Lee, they beat us, then they pay, paid us off. I was part of one of the lawsuits for Occupy and after no and after no LAPD policy changed. Then the Dems told BLM right. to shut up after the Biden win and people are still being murdered by police. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Daniel. Yeah. I visited here. I visited L.A. I was living in Buenos Aires at the time and I visited L.A. And it was the first it was like right after Occupy had um, sort of subsided. But also we know why. And I had never been wanted, wanted to be back in the States so much as when Occupy popped off. I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking dope. I want to be back in the States. We're, really, we're finally doing some shit. And went to the you know, L.A. City Hall, and it had been fenced off. Because remember, mm. Jack, how that was the – that was what happened. Like, Occupy fizzled out because they just decided to fence every public park off that, like, what yeah. people were gathering in. <laughs> like, yeah. that was the response. We hear you, right. 
go home now. I mean, and then of course, yeah, please get out yeah. of here. And then in don't use our bathrooms <laughs> yeah. because it's stinky. That was the big, we yeah. all just went to Starbucks anyway. It's fine. I mean, that's effectively right. what happened. Um, Gary Cooper on YouTube, four out of five people want alternatives to policing. Why aren't more people talking about that? Yeah. You won't see that know, on right? mainstream news outlets, sadly. Um, because yeah, they they just took the like defund like James Carvel being like defund the police, the stupidest yes. uh, three words oh. ever said by a politician. <laughs> I said, um, I said, I said, and like everyone just assumed that was true, and it was like no, actually, you know, a lot a lot of people agree with that. Maybe a like significant. Wait, majority. my favorite was. Uh, um, Oh my God, Cory Booker going, I mean, does anyone actually want to defund the police? Okay, can we all agree right here, right? I pledge not to defund right. the police. I mean, there we go. And I was just like, oh, it was so sickening to watch him do that. But Kente Klotz, remember, Nancy Pelosi right. knelt. Yeah, yeah. He just couldn't conceive of, like, that's they're so just buffered from any any reality where that's the case and it's 80 percent of americans can't yeah. take like the can't take cloth movement was just out of veep i'm sorry like how do you not truly how does no one tell you that's a bad idea especially if you're not going to deliver on it yeah no they i mean that be the same person who's like i mean we all agree on this right like i that's yeah they they just can't that they're so far away from uh, reality. It's also they had to kneel for nine minutes, and like that's a lot of time in not, Manolos. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, let's go to our final segment, y'all. Um, you know, I don't know if you've heard, but there is a whale who's leading other whales in a quest for vengeance. Uh, after being wronged, apparently, by either a fisher, fisherman's net or an, a yacht, something happened, but Gladys wants payback. And um, here's a little bit about Gladys I'm going to read because it's uh, one of those sort of silent uh, AJ Plusy videos, even though it's from The Guardian. Uh, and then we're going to get into other animals. But um, I'll add, let's take a look at this. So, oh, no, this is from The Telegraph. There we go. So you see a killer whale. Um, and it says a British couple sailed off the coast of Morocco when they spotted a pod of orcas. The mammal started bumping the boat, an attack which continued for an hour, it is claimed. Yeah. The, the footage leaves a little something. I know. I want to see, I want to see some like bonking. This is one of several incidents in the same area. So you see like the orca, like jumping a vengeful killer yeah. whale called Gladys, which is just amazing on its, is leading a pack. Wait is leading a gang of orcas into battle with yachts around Gibraltar. <laughs> a vengeful killer whale named Gladys. Yeah. White Gladys, they yes, call they, her. They call for her some White reason. Gladys. She's yeah. like the Karen of the sea, but like, but for good stuff. Researchers yeah. believe that a female orca called White Gladys has been hell-bent on revenge uh, after being traumatized by a collision with a boat or being trapped in an illegal fishing. Which, like, I get, yeah. girl. Like, that would be so mad. And also, <laughs> I have so much seasickness. You've always, always said, said that. that. Yeah. If I ever get, yeah. like, wronged by a yacht. Gladys's nautical attacks yeah. are now being copied by the rest of the killer whale population. Amazing. Amazing. 
truly it's this is it's upon us first of all this is how succession should have ended <laughs> is when like we, we were talking about that on friday in our episode before like we were you know talking about succession we were like oh man like they should end it with like the Roy children being on the sea for some reason and just getting their whole shit yes. off, you know, by a, in the way, middle of everything. Oh. And then they like actually went into the ocean and like we're talking about sharks before they went into the ocean. We were like, wait, it's happening. It's no, happening. I mean, that whole scene, I was um, like, he's dying. He's going to die. They're going to kill him or he's right. going to die. And it like the fact that we didn't know, like the, I, that I think everyone thought that it was like, estimate yeah. to the writing oh my god pay your writers um yeah so yeah so first of all matriarchal society i love that they're following women this is definitely the shiv roy of the ocean yeah coming for their ass and yeah uh it's they, they approach so the boats from behind striking the rudder or the hull off the boat right that's how uh, I obviously so i'm glad i know good, i know good yeah that's the guy in the pod being like, yeah, actually, that was what I was going to say. So I'm glad Gladys <laughs> came up with that one. Uh, yeah, it's, everybody's good to go with white that Gladys. one orca um, was like, I'm, yeah, I started yeah. it, but like nobody paid attention. That was my idea. Right. Um, yeah. Okay, um, so the question is, I think I interrupted you, Jack, but the question is, what other animals are going to join the general strike against humanity and specifically against the 1%? This is when animals attack the rich. So I imagine Jumanji, but only for rich people. Right. Yeah. I mean, so strategically, the private jets yes. are what they like. That is their preferred. They they love a they yacht, love a, yeah. but apparently the orcas avoid yachts with motors on them. They just go after the sailing ones because they're quiet and the motors are like yeah, that's violent true. That's hard and, and loud. Um, but private jets like can the wealthy survive without taking at least one private jet trip uh, a week uh, i i don't know um so i think like some manner of like th this wouldn't be popular with like animal rights activists sure. i'm not sure how you accomplish it but the thing that brought sully down uh who our you know uh, hero Sully was a bird strike on, Wait, on Jake that plane Sully? as it was taken what about? off. <laughs> <laughs> Sully the the pilot, but yeah, I mean, uh, also Jake Sully probably in a future uh, update from the world of Avatar. Um, oh, so, oh, oh, the yeah, pilot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The pilot. I Sully. never watched. I never Sully saw Sullenberger. Um, the but yeah, I I feel like that's probably. Wait, what was it that took it down? It was bird strike. Oh. It was like a flock of geese that I think took that. I didn't see the movie either. I just remember the story. Well, I just remember the, I was going to go with geese time. too with private planes. I just remember the the goose flying into Fabio's head on the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Years yeah. ago, there's guys back in the day. There was a male model named Fabio who um, <sighs> was apparently the sort of epitome of a man and an adonis and i never saw mm -hmm. it but again i was like nine and i was like really um i guess maybe i would get it more now nah his face doesn't do it for me i like the hair I like the muscles he was on the cover of every bodice buster 
But anyway, yeah, with an open, like a white open flowing yes. dress shirt, which is why uh, I was dressed like that before we started. I guess uh, French. Yeah, we asked you to just zip it up. You know, go with the different. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's mostly a podcast. Understandable. So. Yeah, yeah, people can't but fashion feel the icon. Muscles. A lot of people leave that out. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think goose geese are a great idea. Goose geese, um, and uh, they need to down the private planes somehow. Um, yeah, I think beavers will start blocking oil pipelines. Ooh, you like this? I like it. They work they hard. Work very they, hard. Yeah. They're going to create a, they're yeah. going to obviously dam it all up. It's going to stop the pipeline put in the latest debt ceiling deal, which is for Joe Manchin uh, in West Virginia and Appalachia. They're going to fuck that up. I think yeah. actual wasps will start attacking uh, wasps. Other wasps for name yeah, rights. <laughs> just straight up name yeah. wars. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just running around because like when it when a bee or wasp attack happens you're just running you can't really see what's happening that that would there would be something extremely satisfying about yeah that. oh yeah i just want them running on golf courses yeah. and and uh tennis courts um yeah. Paige is saying golden doodles <laughs> wait what does that. that mean and they they do have the proximity right you know that that's a pretty like if you sick uh, everyone's golden doodle on the rich family that got them, them like yeah like you just yeah 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 yeah. i get it i get it i get it yeah you weaponize like there's something within every golden doodle it's like kick, kick, deploy you know and then they attack that would be excellent yeah. um yeah. i i here here's what i like about this we talked about the pandemic and remember there was that moment where it was like the seas are repopulating and all <laughs> nature is coming back you know I'm like and that is a dead-on impression of me what i sounded like so i do take offense <laughs> to that but that uh, yeah nature is <laughs> reclaiming the disgusting nature. canals in venice yeah. Do you, there's actually dolphins. There's no dolphins in the Venice canals. Oh my God. There's nothing but right. like gasoline and cum. <laughs> so much cum in the Venice canals for some reason. For some um, reason. That's a horny ass city. It's a beautiful city. That's true. Beautiful city. Can't stop jacking it. Um, <laughs> And doing it in the in the but gassy this, water. This is like that, the but like rainbows. it's kind of like you know. Also, finally, like the Little Mermaid, I guess is you know it's it's out now. I'm really God. I'm a big fan of a Black Ariel, but I'm not a big fan of live action any Disney. I just cannot. I'm like, why not? Why ruin something that was so perfect? Just make Ariel black in cartoon form. Yeah. But the best part of that scene about that movie, remember when at the end, like they have to like all the shellfish and all the fish like start attacking the boat that i imagine yeah. is gonna happen next when white gladys summons the fucking king triton sea ass sebastian you know sea ass king triton and his sea ass Let's talk about nice abs I king triton's like the fabio of ripped yeah so beautiful S such a beautiful I wonder if Javier Bardem is as, like, I would watch it for Bardem. Okay, I'm getting off. But anyway, the point is, nature will reclaim when all, when we all killed each other off. Th and they can't yeah. wait. I mean, they're taking bets. Yeah, they're trying to start things up, get things moving a little bit, give us the idea of taking out the rich, which actually would uh, 
help us out. But it, it's wild to me that this movie hasn't been made yet. Like we've made <laughs> specific versions of it with like birds, like uh, famously Hitchcock, the birds, uh, Birdemic, the superior movie. Um, I've never seen Birdemic. it. Uh, but we've, all, we've also made it with plants. Like the happening, the, the M. Night Shyamalan right. thing is like the and, plants turn on us. Like how has nobody just done the whole of like the entire animal kingdom just comes together and yeah, puts us back down on the bottom rung of the food chain. How would they do it? Would they like, un? would they reanimate some kind of like old woolly mammoth, you know? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So like, right. you know how like climate change is making all the permafrost melt. So like, yeah, it starts with some like old ass woolly mammoth or some like. Sure. I mean, yeah. that's actually just anthrax. It's going to kill us all. But right. Yeah. Imagine if it's cooler than that. I mean, I remember when the polar bears were like having to come down into cities because they were, you know, losing territory in the North Pole or wh whatever the pole is where polar bears live. Yeah, so, the North. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of reasons that the that climate change and you know the climate catastrophe is causing animals to interact with people more often. Yeah. So I'm just saying, Spielberg, Spielberg. baby. Call me. Don't let um, uh, yeah. don't let James Cameron, you know, <laughs> beat you, you to it. it. Yeah. I I heard a rumor that like Spielberg felt like apparently when Avatar one came out, he felt really fragile about. He was like, I'm no longer on top because Cameron had crushed it so hard. <laughs> this is how yeah. fragile people in Hollywood are. Even when you're Steven Spielberg, right. you think you like have imposter syndrome. Um, Jack O'Brien. I'll tell you why they haven't made the movie, by the way. It's because they don't want to give the animals uh, any ideas. That's so that's, true. I think Steven Spielberg. That's so true. You're yeah. going to have like an orca, which is like the 3D glasses coming out of the theater. Like, <laughs> man, we should do that yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. It's an impression of a high orca. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Jack O'Brien. You're wonderful. You're amazing. Where can people find you and follow you on the socials? You can listen to uh, my co-host, Miles Gray, and I uh, twice daily on the weekdays. Uh, twice on the daily, Zeitgeist. daily? You're about to go do more twice work daily. after this, aren't you? Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, we also have a weekly NBA podcast, Miles and Jack got Matt Boosties. Uh, and then you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Amazing. And that's those are the places. Yeah. Thank you so much You're for having wonderful. me. This was wonderful. Thank you for being on. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. Um, Hef, just for the super chat, Venice Canal is filled with gas and cum. Laughing my ass off. And then Camperman5000, thank you for being a member. Also saying Sabertooth Tigers, Tasmanian Tigers. Are Tasmanian Tigers a thing? Calling Sabertooth Tigers. Yeah. Look, I've never seen Ice Age, but I feel like a radicalized Ice Age would definitely be the thing that could pop off our I don't know if Jack thinks it should be animated. I feel like it should be. I mean everything, hmm. It's not clear. Well, we we're gonna work on it and we're gonna retool and we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about it. Um Pontius Pirate on Twitch, alligators on Florida golf courses. They're already alligators pick off one or two or a dozen humans every year. So I feel like that shit's already happening. Um and they're always golfers. So I'm like, 
maybe they've they, they've been slowly doing it and now orcas are like just one upping them you know they've been they've been communicating through the mycelium underground that's the thing that's the fungi anyway um a few other comments about other stuff tmhc thank you so much for your super chat this donation is two percent to francesca and 98 percent to jack's plumpers going to bed now do i want to know what those are are those his uh is it his calves or his chest i don't know i don't want to know maybe i do schmegley says franz patented exasperated half sigh half scream <laughs> indeed that is that's my signature <sighs> there it is uh robert thank you for your super chat saying biden's debt ceiling defense is he could have failed harder america is an absurd nation governed by ridiculous people indeed the only nation in the world other than denmark with a debt ceiling limit um Denmark's debt ceiling is so high, it's just like performative. They're just like, ah, we will deal with later. That's not a Danish accent, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and Stone Cold Coder saying, I think the horrifying statistic is that 99% of body camera footage is never viewed or reviewed. Yeah. And Olathus, sadly, with nature, we're about to reach the find out stage exactly you know th they heard about the six biggest extinction and they're like motherfucker not yet bitch not yet not yet all right you guys and with that uh let us just ride out and thank everybody for supporting this show with the fart song patrons at ten dollars or more there are none that's where you come in right now. Um, big tippers, we don't have any. Fuck. Let's go over to Twitch. Twitch, don't let me down now. Pontius Pirate, resubscribe with Prime. Arland 2, resubscribe for one month of tier one. Subscribe for 19 months. Oh my God. And MLM, subscribe with Prime. Thank you so much. And Late Bloomer, resubscribe with Prime, or resubscribe at one month tier one. Subscribe for 23 months. Has it already been almost two years? Damn. Damn indeed. And Centaur Dragon, resubscribe with Prime. Subscribe with eight months. Thanks for all you do. No, thank you for all that you do. Um, and uh, Holy Beer Dragon, I don't know if I thanked you, but thanks for resubscribing. And uh, remember, you, we have the bonus fish on Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And of course, thanks to Paige Omek, to Maximilian Inhoff, to Andy Basoyan. We stream every Tuesday and Friday. At that time, I just said, follow the show on Twitter at Bituation Pod, TikTok and Instagram at Franny Fio. And remember, Fight the power. Fuck the patriarchy and don't just bitch about it. Meow.